Seeds of Awakening. A podcast to inspire your soul. We are your hosts. My name is Kimberly Jacobson. And I'm Forrest Daniel Dwyer. And this week we talk with a great friend of mine, Nicole LeBrew. Yes, Nicole is um, a fascinating person. She started... In fashion. She started in fashion running a company um, that was very successful for a few years and then turned her, her world to yoga. And one of the most fascinating parts of her journey was the, the journey into yoga and into not even just yoga, but this different consciousness, this different level of consciousness and how she led these two worlds, one that rivaled the other. And I think it's so interesting that we often always hit this of like can't find our community that accepts mm-hmm. the way we think. So then began to take that same mindset of a successful businesswoman into her yoga career as an amazing yoga teacher, leads amazing retreats and, um, a, a wealth of knowledge around plant medicine, which she's doing a cool workshop with too. Yeah, she's so awesome. And so you'll you'll hear our our conversation that's all about how important community is and also how important traveling and immersing yourself in other cultures. We talk plant medicine and all the healing medicine you can find in your own backyard. We just talk about so much. Honestly, this episode is a little bit longer than the others and we just had such a good time chatting with her that we got a little carried away. But you're going to love it. She'll talk about her her course she's releasing this week called Elements of Abundance. And she's going to dive into all the details. It's really, really a cool program. And it's it's it'll be really community building as well. So enjoy this episode. Here's Nicole. Thanks to Malachi for the song, The Woods. The Woods. The Woods. The okay. Woods Here we go. <laughs> I think they get it. a little bit about how you ended up in this world of yoga and wellness and herbalism and all of that okay uh <laughs> that's a long story but i'll maybe hit the hit the main main points um when i was a child i was always outside camping um playing outside exploring just immersing in the natural world um it didn't seem special at the time it just seemed like that was just life. Uh, We weren't really allowed to watch TV and um, we were just always encouraged to to play outside and just to be outside. So I spent a lot of time doing that and um, reading books. I also really like to read books. I was interested in um, art, so I was always taking lots of art classes and exploring um, painting and um, we had a in my high school, we had one of the first like Mac computers. This is like 20 years ago. <laughs> and um, I taught myself how to use Adobe Photoshop on that because I just thought that was um, really cool. And I was really into, uh, I'm not super into technology, but I really appreciate all of the things it can help us to accomplish. So I ended up going Um, to school at at the Fashion Institute of Technology in New York City where I was a fashion designer. So I ended up doing the fashion thing, Um, worked in New York, lived in New York for a while, and it was just 
so not for me. I spent one <laughs> summer in New York City and I was like, I'm never going to be here in the summer ever again. And then I moved back to Rhode Island after that summer because it was just too much cement for me in the summertime. And I, um, I owned a vintage clothing store and I had a fat, my own fashion line for a couple of years. Um, and that's when I started, when I was doing that business, which was going well. I was selling um, online all over the world mm -hmm. and I had um, a woman who sold, a sales rep who sold my clothing to boutiques all in the United States. And maybe there was one in Canada, but um, it was all force. And it was when that was the time when I started, when I took, retook yoga classes. I've been taking yoga what do you classes mean by it was on all and off. Force. Sorry. It was all ego. It was all me forcing things to happen. Like nothing was happening easily. Nothing was in, as I know it now, in flow. It was just like grinding like and hustling. Force, yeah and force and it was exhausting and it just didn't feel good and I didn't know that until I went to yoga re-went to yoga because I had I think I took my first class when I was like 15 but I just wasn't into it and then it came back into my life at the perfect time and it was through my yoga practice that I realized all these um parts about myself all that self-awareness that is you know so crucial in such a um, you know, constant part of my life just wasn't there then. And in through taking yoga, you know, all of the, the let go that which no longer serves you really was like a mantra for a while and really helped me think like, I don't like doing this. This doesn't serve me. So I'm not going to do it anymore. And um, that was also around the same plant time when I, I just for give you a little foreshadowing um, <laughs> same plant <laughs> that was about the time when I um, started being really in love and obsessed with house plants I saw this beautiful screened-in porch in my apartment and I just used to experiment um, with different amounts of light and water for plants and propagating them and seeing what makes things grow and it was really um, a wonderful um, connection to other beings that aren't you know humans or, or animals so it was really I really felt like I was communicating with the plants and like learning from them and having a relationship with them which was so cool it was so cool and it was just very you know expansive more of that expansion of of awareness so I worked at a really awesome greenhouse for mm. a really long time um, that's when I started taking classes in herbalism and we're just spending more more time with people who were um, more earth earth centered um, in the fashion world, even you know up here, not in New York City. Um, there's many wonderful people, of course, but it's it's not sustainable at all. I made my clothing company um, was I made clothing out of vintage fabric so I would go shopping online and at estate sales and yard sales and gathering all this old fabric so I was like repurposing because I didn't want to create new right. new waste and it was also about um, empowering to women nothing had any zippers or anything restricting or tight because I just feel like um, clothing is one of the 
first ways that women are restricted um, by, you know, having to look a certain way or wear a certain kind of shoes. Um, yeah, the high heel thing is <laughs> a really, really well orchestrated way to, um, like, how can you be a vibrant, like, <laughs> active person if, like, you're in constant pain? Like, it's kind of absurd anyway. Yeah. How can you run down a street yes. if you have... Yes. It's like keeping... <laughs> you have, like, shackles. needles They're, extending yes. from your heels. Yes. Um, <laughs> so I was just like, you know, forget all that. So I just wanted to make really comfortable, sustainable clothing. And I think I did that. And I still wear some of my things. And I see pictures online of people still wearing my dresses. That's so cool. And it is, it is really cool. And that's like a... Um, that was a great... That was like my first, you know, businessy thing. That was a great... Um, experiment and a good I learned so much from that that I'm certainly applying into my business mm -hmm. now mm -hmm. and also from learning at the greenhouse it was like I can be creative in so many other ways that don't involve paint or a sewing machine um, or a computer like they're thinking about graphic design stuff there's so um, many ways so I did um, a lot of the um, merchandising and displays and containers and I just basically got to do whatever I wanted with all the beautiful flowers at the greenhouse and it so was awesome then your life takes a little turn you're like yeah doing yoga more doing yoga more um getting into I got pregnant actually during my pregnant. yoga teacher training yeah quick um, side quick side yeah. story because you just talked about when you were a kid you didn't have any tv you well were, we did have a tv but my mom would come home and feel the tv to see if it was warm oh and we would be in trouble. My mom didn't do that, but we, we were <laughs> I love that. So we used to like, me and my sister used to sneak Maury Povich like after school. <laughs> That's and then we would be like, all right, mom's home in like 15, 20 minutes. We got to shut the TV off put so it's not warm. It. <laughs> put, put like ice packs. <laughs> we didn't, we didn't, we were okay. not that skilled in our deception. My question was more for your son because he's three, right? Is that true? And he's, he's three the and a half, coolest yeah. three-year-old ever. Cool today's a hard time to do the whole no technology piece so i was just curious like a little sidetrack um here, but i think that again with like restricting like restricting there needs to be balance and boundaries but just being like no as a final answer is i don't think serving in most situations mm -hmm. so he has um we just i just try to find a balance that works um for our family he um he does watch a little bit of TV. He watches a little bit of TV in the morning and a little bit of TV in the afternoon. Um, usually so I can accomplish other tasks in the morning. It's like, it's way too early. Like I can't <laughs> get up right now. After his nap, it's usually like when I'm making dinner or doing stuff like that. Um, but he, uh, so he does watch a little bit of TV. He um, likes to look, I let him look at pictures and like videos on my phone that's all he really does for the phone he but it's just it's so it's it's not mind-boggling I completely understand it how um the, they're just so intuitive like he just knows how to use he an iPhone and he just so knows wild. how to use an iPad he watches the iPad when I take a shower like that's the only time he has um the iPad one thing that we did do that I'm so glad he's never had any sort of technology like in the car whatsoever mm, that's, that's cool. great and um, it just wasn't necessary and I purposefully did not want him to have it. I think he watched Sesame Street like one time when we drove to New Hampshire or something. But um, 
and now he know he knows how to get everywhere he knows north he like he talks we talk about north south east and west he knows left he knows his left and right he knows like oh that road is to get to these three places and this person like he could tell you all the places we go to the most he would be able to get you there get you there cool. he asked what the names of the roads are we talk about what town we're in um and i think that that's been you know i'm thinking of like his root chakra a lot and i'm like that's giving him his sense of place you know mm-hmm. like in the world like he knows yeah, where he is mm-hmm. um we look at maps a lot so he knows like this is you know this is where we live and this is this and um when i travel we always talk about the places i'm traveling to and where it is on the map and he remembers and he likes he likes talking about it so um that's been that that's been good but he loves listening to music so we listen to music a lot <laughs> i love um, i love lennox stories yeah he had a really early beatles obsession <laughs> that's actually like that was actually like last summer so that's already i already kind of forgot about that that's my favorite and i could just i could just hear like still i just hear him saying like love 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 do 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 <laughs> my favorite yeah yeah he um he really, he really likes Beatles. Um, and so uh, my husband really loves the Beatles. So he was listening to that music. And then so this is just kind of a funny story. There's a sh- cartoon called The Beat Bugs. And it's a cartoon and they're all bugs. But the whole, it's all Beatles songs <sighs> that the bugs like sing and mix into the cartoon. And then also we talk about outside. We have, um, you know, plant and animal and bug identification books. So when we see something outside, um, I t- if I know what it is, I tell him what it is. But if I don't, I was like, let's go get the book and like look it up. And he really likes doing that. Mm-hmm. So <laughs> it was some kind of bug we found, or maybe it was a ladybug, um, which is um, um, a type of beetle. So we were looking in the book, and I was like, oh, these are all the beetles. And I was pointing, and he looked, and he looked really confused, <laughs> and he was like, like Eleanor Rigby beetles. <laughs> And I was like, oh, my God, that's so funny. Because he's never seen a picture of the Beatles. And then with the show, with the bugs singing the oh Beatles songs, was, like, further blurred the lines as to, like, what's going on. But he's I'm like, showing a picture really of bugs? insects. And he was like, wait, these are the – this is what's singing these songs? <laughs> he was so confused. It was really, really adorable and one of my favorite um, Lennox anecdotes. But, oh, um, that's great. Yeah. So, bringing, so uh, bringing it all together. So we do balance. You balance. We yeah, balance it. Um, tech and learning about Beatles. Yeah. Because <laughs> yes. my husband and I both work on laptops, so mm-hmm. we can't be like, no. no. Tech, yeah. um, but he also is, he's still young enough. I haven't really just, I don't, I really honestly don't know what's going to happen when he is like kindergarten age. But um, in our community, we are so lucky to have such incredible early learning, like daycare, preschool, Mm -hmm. centers, schools, women who are offering these programs that are very outside and nature centered. Yeah. So next year he's starting a Montessori um, nature scola, which is also the Montessori method, but also this Northern European um, nature school method. Uh, So I, it's, it's honestly what and the every education situation should be playing outside learning from experimenting learning from each other different age groups together to practice learn like older students being teachers and nurturers younger students um you know not just relying on adults for everything Mm -hmm. so it's it's a really wonderful model 
So I'm really lucky that he's going to get to go to school there. So there's no, um, I mean, there's no plastic in that classroom. So mm-hmm. there's That's definitely awesome. no technology or yeah. um, computers so cool. or or anything, anything like that. So we got sidetracked, but we wanted to tell your your story of how you got into this world and the yoga and herbalism for a specific reason. So okay. you, <laughs> you <get laughs> I think we, 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 uh, but yeah, we the, stopped the moral the of the story is you're in New York and then you're like, this is definitely not it. So yeah. you, then you start a company in Rhode Island. Yeah. You're doing the business thing. Yeah. And then you start to, the, the part of the story that I'm more interested in okay. personally is like, it felt when I was hearing your story, it felt like there's a little bit of a PC that like starts to wake up. Yes. Oh, absolutely. And so that journey of, like you start it to was do a, a little seed <laughs> of awakening. <laughs> 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 you really got forced with that one. That was a good one. <laughs> so what does the waking up process look like? What was your seed? What it, did it for you? It was um <laughs> it was taking it was a really amazing teacher at a yoga studio. And um she was so kind and so welcoming and so non-judgmental and it was very you know just all the basic yoga things that you've heard your teachers say about um that you're perfect exactly as you are that everything you need is already within you um like i said before about let go of that which no longer serves you um it really resonated with me. And she. this is something that I actually say at the end of my classes now, I've done a little spin on it, but she used to always say at the end of class, um, the light um, within me, the beauty within me recognizes and honors the light and the beauty within you. And like that was new words, mm-hmm. you know, just that positive um, affirmation was, medicine it was so soul soothing and it was um she was speaking to um a part of me or parts of me that i didn't even know were there never in mind know how to care for them so it was it was awareness which is one of why that's one of a main focus of every single thing i teach is like just notice just look around the room see what's around you like when you're feeling a feeling see how it it where it is in your body like just you don't have to make any decisions you don't have to categorize or put anything in any boxes or places it's just observing and then just through that observing you little keys and rooms and insights and like all things will just start to you know unlock or you know get put together yeah what do you think is like what do you think is the biggest difference because you you were a business woman running a company and now you're still in a sense a business you know you still kind of run a business and you operate so what do you think the biggest difference is with raised awareness like I know there's a lot the difference is that I was doing it before because I wanted everyone to think I was cool Mm -hmm. and I'm doing it now because I know for sure that I am cool (laughs) 
and I don't care if anyone thinks that too. (laughs) But I mean, (laughs) that's it. It was all like ego driven. Like it's just a greater purpose. Like I wanted to do that to like be cool and to like have my picture in magazines Mm -hmm. and um, that, I mean, nothing national, but that did happen um, pretty easily and quickly on a local level. And I was like, okay, like that's cool. Yeah. It was cool, but like, eh, like now, like, okay, so now what? Like there was just that, I remember there being a point around this time of me being like, like that's it? Like this is it? And just feeling like very like disappointed and like bored with life and just being like, ugh, like I'm just gonna keep doing this? Like what Mm -hmm. the, like what the heck is that? Like this is just seems boring and then I was like, oh, wait a second. There's this whole other thing that goes infinite in all directions that I was just not um, not aware to. Yeah. So it was just, just the spirituality part, just kind of like the soul aspect. It was like a soul awakening of just like this whole other part of me that was always there on some level. I've always been guy, I've always been led by my intuition and my feelings and um, not really been afraid to do that. But it was just such a greater um, understanding about life. Yeah. Well, I think you've just said something that like so many people, I know I've hit a point in my life where this happened where so many people hit it and it's like, oh, I like I do this every day. This is what like this is what life is now. And I remember I hit it when I was working more of a corporate job. Mm-hmm. Like, oh, this is this is just my I repeat every day. This isn't like not what I thought life was going to be. So I guess my question is like, what's the biggest difference now that you got into yoga and there's awareness and like, why is it different from that mentality? Does that make sense? Yes, it does. And I'm trying to think of, I mean, there's a thousand little things that I'm trying to think of if I can put into like a concise, um, what it is. Uh, I think it's about, um, the, um, being separate versus being completely interconnected. Mm. Um, I think that's the biggest, deepest, like all encompassing um, part of it is just, and just thinking of um, more, not selfishly, but just thinking of more about like my personal outcome versus great, greater good Mm -hmm. I don't like that phrase so much but just like the like I deeply care about so many other things and really want them to thrive and um, I'm thinking a lot about you know the earth which I've always you know been a save the earth person (laughs) which even you know that phrase I don't is problematic in some ways but um, I don't know it's just it's just seeing everything I just I just like seriously colors are brighter like i th- see things differently i see cause and effect a lot yeah. um you're easier seeing more. I mean, you're oh way awareness. more yeah. way more so do you think it's that and maybe these are one and the same but do you think it's that the like the individual tasks that you're doing are more connected or is mm-hmm. it that like is is the mission statement of what you're doing just expansive like far beyond your own your own goals like is it just for this greater yes yes 
And so how does that, in, that how does that greater goal then influence your, your day-to-day? Okay, that's a, um, I think that I truly believe that if everyone was just led by their intuition and their connection to source or to God or to whatever you want to call it, this everything would be wonderful. Like, I know this is like very utopian, but if we like all of our individual lives are to work together as a collective for like everyone. Um, So I think that by, you know, get first of all, it's a lot of letting go of things. It's Mm -hmm. about letting get letting go of all the um, conditioning from your family, from our patriarchal culture, um, all of the junk that's been piled on you your whole life about how you're supposed to act and how you're supposed to be and the things you're supposed to say and just all the really deep stuff that we're just flooded with through, um, you know, through our education and the things that we're learning in history class that are completely non-factual or and or Mm -hmm. one-sided. And that process of letting go not not an easy one no and it's a life it's a lifelong process um um it's you're i'm constantly thinking about the words i'm saying i'm constantly looking up the etymology of words that i use Mm -hmm. to see if it has some sort of like um you know racist or derogatory uh connotation to it especially a lot of like common phrases that we say all the time that are just like a lot of them first of all are like sports phrases and i'm like i have no desire to be (laughs) using sports phrases so i'm just going to stop doing that so it's a lot of just yeah like noticing um being aware of your words being aware of your actions being aware of your thoughts and making changes where um where you want to where you want to make changes could you give while we're just kind of hanging around this topic could you give an example of one of those common phrases that we don't even think of yes I can give you two examples and one was a time um, that was with your mom that she called me out and I was very glad that she did so Um, I used the phrase kumbaya and this was I don't know maybe a year or two ago and she pointed and we were having a conversation kind of about this and she um um, Kim's mom is an incredible musician and singer mm-hmm. and she said that she was at a conference and uh, talking about these um, songs African songs and she said that that was um, that saying that song was a song that um, they sang in great hor- in horrible times in great times of mourning and that would be their song to not con- not to um, fall further like into despair like that would be the song they would try to sing to be like because it like you know giving birth shackled on slave ships right. and it was awful and this was a song that would help them get through and so when we're saying things like oh you know think about people sitting around the fire like being kumbaya it's so problematic and so deeply hurtful and it's all of those things. So that was one that I was really glad that your mom called me out on that. Mm-hmm. Um, and of course, a compassionate way because she knew that I would want to know mm-hmm. yeah. that I was saying something hurtful. Um, so that's the more serious thing. And the other one was pipe dream <laughs> that I looked up the other day. And pipe dream is actually, I don't know, I'm probably not going to use it, but it wasn't, it wasn't, it didn't seem 
that bad. It was basically alluding to dreams that you had when you smoked opium. So like obviously there's connotations around that, um, but that didn't seem yeah. so terrible because it yeah. was just basically alluding to a, a hallucination from using drugs which is pretty <laughs> makes sense neutral i guess yeah so i feel like more and more since you have taken a dive into yoga and and meditation and all of this like you just keep going deeper and deeper and deeper and and from what i know of you you're just constantly like what can i learn and then how can I integrate that? And then you sit with it for a while. And then, but you're constantly like just absorbing new tools and resources, which is great and amazing. So how has, I think there's so many people who feel like they're on the hamster wheel of just going through their day and working with that concept of, of being successful it, but then how can you be successful with the mission of a greater good? So how has using yoga and meditation and herbalism and all this work aided kind of in that process of figuring out that that is a reality? Well, I started saying a little bit before about I'd, um, I didn't follow through was that by following your intuition, by being your most authentic self, whatever that means for you, that is making the world a better place. Mm -hmm. Like you just have to be yourself. However, the process of becoming yourself <laughs> is getting Darling. rid of all <laughs> of the garbage that everyone tells you about what yourself is. Mm -hmm. Some of it might be true. Some You might decide like, yes, that is a part like that. Yes, I do. Um, that is a part of me. Or you might decide like, no, like that's right. ridiculous. But you've been told since you were born, essentially. Yes, so yes, it's a long yes. process. You're, um, I mean, with birth, it's mm -hmm. pre, pre-birth. Mm -hmm. If you are at a baby shower and it's a girl or a boy, the presence will be completely different. Mm -hmm. It starts before you're even, people have expectations for you and your gender um, before you are even, before you were even born. Um, so it's, it's tough. I think parents a lot, this is another thing, of course, I'm doing with Lennox is that, you know, there's no boy stuff and there's no girl stuff. It's you like whatever you like, but I is, am still surprised at like the, everything is hyper masculine or everything is like hyper feminine. There is a lot more in the middle now, I'm sure than there was, you know, 10, right. 15 years ago. Um, but so it's, it's just all about that because when you're getting, so I would say just begin that process of of awareness, just noticing things, noticing what things are making you feel happy and energized and what things are making you feel really depleted and drained and then making a decision as to, and then of course <laughs> it is a long process because then you have to like move through the fear mm -hmm. of all of making all of these decisions and thinking that you're crazy and when everyone else around you might actually be telling you that you are crazy. Um, so it's like the conditioning of the past. It's the present circumstances of unsupported, unsupportive people around you. And then with your own internalized um, fears of fears of failure, fears of not being safe, fear, fear of being um, ostracized, like all of these really deep human um, emotions and um, fears uh, that we have. But and um, yeah, I you're talking about all learning like I consider myself a student 
first before a teacher, but I do just love, I love, love, love just learning um, and researching um, all kinds all kinds of things. And that's something that I feel called to do. And I know other people that are called to be organic farmers and other people that are co- called to be um, child caregivers and other people that are called to cook food and other people that are called to do all of these things. So if everyone just did like all of those things, <laughs> I think it would be a lot more peaceful and sustainable and and happy place. I mean, the way that Western culture is rigged now is to we're, um, you know, brainwashed to be consumers, to mm-hmm. consume things, to give people money for things that we don't need. Mm-hmm. Um, that's kind of our entire culture. So it's pervasive and um, it's hard to see it when you're in it, which is why getting out of it <laughs> is really important. Well, this yeah. is, it leads to a, one of the reasons I wanted you to tell your story was because it led to something that I think you're passionate about, but is also really important. I think this segues into it. Like how big is the importance of spending time with people that are like-minded and on the same path? Because I think we had talked a little bit about the challenges of when you're in a society that is rigged this way and is built this way of a consumer world and you're supposed to do X, Y, and Z. Like I want to talk a little bit about the challenges that that faces of like you're kind of in an uphill battle sometimes and also the importance of having a community where you can land with people that are on the same wavelength as you. It's hugely important. Yeah. It's so, so, so important. And um, I think being in person is more, um, feels energetically different. Mm-hmm. However, because of technology and the internet, people in places that maybe don't have so many human beings in that space that are more open-minded can find community. So I do, I love that. But I, it's, it's hugely important because I, you sp- I've found, so a couple months ago, I went to the International Herb Symposium in um, Massachusetts, and it was incredible. And teachers from around the world, from all different cultures, teaching their traditional um, herbal medicines. Um, and it was just, just beautiful. And I realized after coming home that I realized how much energy I spend subconsciously, like in self-defense of and maybe these are my own barriers. I'm, I'm sure some of them are my own fear barriers that I'm putting up that mm-hmm. aren't real. Um, but it's like I'm, I'm censoring myself um, to avoid conflict mm-hmm. um, because like, I don't, I don't wanna like, people are always, it's, it's so crazy how people just want to tell you how you know what you're doing is wrong and I know what it is it's just fear and it's just them you know if if they're seeing someone um doing something differently or maybe being happier um and then if that's if they're not crazy then that means that I have to look at my life because I'm miserable so I have to look at my life and reassess everything and I don't want to do that so I'm just going to say that that person is crazy instead because that's way easier just to put them in the crazy category so then I can know that everything I'm doing is fine and they're just a crazy person but even that you know that it's still self-defense and censoring so you don't get into these situations totally totally um and I just being at the herbalism conference being in yoga um 
working at the greenhouse, being um, in the, you know, a yoga studio, if you find a weekly yoga class that you like, just being around those people, you can let those barriers go. You can be more authentically yourself. You can, in that time, accept yourself more because there's always that battle. Like you, a lot of times, or for me, I feel like I intellectually know something, but it hasn't been embodied yet. Like my spirit, my soul, the part of me that's my subconscious that's trying to keep me safe, like isn't really letting me really fully integrate it. Um, because of that, like, what if, what if they're all right? What if I am crazy? And that voice and, and w- is always going, but the more you can quiet that, and I found the way to quiet that is just to be around more people. Not saying you should isolate yourself with only people that think like you, um, but it's come to the point where, like, sometimes at family gatherings, um, I, fl- I flat out say to people, if you want to have this conversation because you're interested in what I have to say, I would love to talk to you. But if you want to have this conversation because you want to convince me that I'm wrong, it's ending right now. Like, no, I'm not. I don't have to convince you of anything. It's not my job. It's not my responsibility. Um, and just by coming at me like that means you're not going to be convinced. So I don't care. I'm not going to waste yeah. um waste time with that so it's just it's just a places that we can be free yeah places where you can let yourself be yourself yeah and he said something interesting which is like the the element of you need sometimes a safe space yeah in order to drop in and i think that's really important because i can you can sit there and intellectualize i think that would be really good for me i think that would be really good for me i think that would be really good for you but if you're in a place the entire time where you know even like if I tried this in my own home, somebody's going to be looking at me and it's going to be weird and I'm going to have to explain it. Yes. It it becomes very hard to actually drop in. Yes. Yeah. I, yes. I, I find the, the world we live in, it's really interesting because they talk about like, you know, as you, as a child, you grew up and you're like, you're encouraged to make these bold choices and bold decisions. But the society isn't set up in a way that's supportive of making bold choices or bold <laughs> decisions. And so you're, it's so funny. You're, you're talking about all of this. And I'm, I'm remembering when I made the decision not to go to college. And, you know, that was a process of I kept kind of choosing, do I go, do I not go, da, 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 da. I would, it got to a point when I told people I was just going into music and, and taking that route I would get a huge lecture from any like random person on the street or I would you know be at a job and be cashing someone out and then so I would just start like living this lie so anytime someone would ask I would just be like yep I'm in school two (laughs) years left because it's just like I just don't want to save yourself from whatever garbage they were gonna throw Mm -hmm. your way but now, you know, being in the yoga world and in yoga studio, when people ask like, oh, is this, is this all that you do? And, I, and you say yes. They're like, wow, that's amazing. Yeah. And so it's so interesting, the difference in be just having a support system. Yeah, that transition, the, the, I, I think um, you just brought something great up that it's the transition time where there's like the problem and the transition time is when you're feeling unsure too oh, yeah. and you need Absolutely. the most support yeah so that's when you're mo- that's when people are giving you the most um aggressive vocalizations yeah. or whatever mm-hmm. um and that's also the time when you're 
feeling because it's the transition right people mm-hmm. don't like change people can f- sense that shift and it's like uncomfortable mm-hmm. they're ready to, yeah they're ready yeah. to latch on yeah so it's <laughs> but like you said like before it's fine and then during it's really tough but then once you get to the other side you know it's it people can um yeah, accept you, it for what you know easier i guess you had some, some said something in different words but like it this whole process takes such patience because you do you go through the process where you're like oh i'm aware of it and then you go through this whole fear process and that fear process can take a long <laughs> like I'm, <laughs> I'm just thinking of you know my own path and how s- it could it could take me years to oh, yeah. a- eventually be like okay i think i'm in a place where i can actually do this and confront when people talk to me about it and handle all the situations yeah. so there's deep and it's not even like we're carrying like our own traumas like we're carrying the traumas of so many generations past and um there's just been a lot of a lot of hurt and a lot of terrible things mm-hmm. happening um forever for a long time yeah. so there's just a lot that we're that we're on um that we're working through and bringing bringing up mm-hmm. so i think this is another interesting point of how important it is to have like-minded community. Mm-hmm. But then, you know, of course, this, this brings a question to me because we travel together and we have a whole bunch of travels coming up together. So obviously you see some value in stepping out of your comfort zone and stepping into an environment that may be completely different. So where do you see that? contributing to your people's growth you can't see the box that you're in if you're always inside it Mm. yes that's so true (laughs) i and this is applicable in so many ways i was thinking about that myself actually this goes back to what you're saying before um i was just you know just just that i was just so angry angry when i was like younger about things and it was because i was like i have now it's like i was like an animal like just thrashing around in a cage that I didn't even know I was in and then you have to like identify the cage Mm -hmm. that you're in so you can like make your way out of it before if you don't even know you're in a cage then there's you're not you're stuck there um so with traveling um I started traveling internationally um on school trips when I was in high school and yeah when you see you don't you just presume that everything around you in your immediate world is normal. Like you just think like this is normal life. And until you see so many or just any other way of living, you're like, oh, I've never thought about that before. Like I've never thought about that being a choice that's always just been what is. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, so the more you can, um, and this doesn't have to be like going anywhere far, you can go to, you know, if you live in the country, go to a city, like you can just see things that way. But, you know, traveling outside of like the country or the, you know, dominant culture um, to other places in the world. I mean, Asia for me was obviously the most, the most different, um, and just seeing other people, the ways people use, um, you know, just do common things. You're like, oh, I never thought about doing dishes that way. Or I've never thought about riding a bike, you know, with five people on it. You know, there's just like, there's just other ways. And a lot of that is gratitude for what you do have. Realizing, oh, I am so fortunate and so privileged to have access to all the things that I have access to. Um, so that opens up lots of doors of just being gracious and having gratitude and having the gratitude also opens, you know, doors, um, for compassion. And then also, um, yeah, just, uh, just seeing 
that, oh, maybe the way that we do things like isn't the most efficient way or the, I shouldn't have said most efficient, isn't the most sustainable way or isn't, um, you know, the way that includes the most people or is accessible for more people. So it's just, um, it just gives you a much, it just gives you a better perspective of something to be not in it, to get out of it. So you spent, was it 10 years ago that you went to Thailand for the first time? Yeah, it was like, yeah, it was like nine and a half years ago. It was almost 10 years ago. I went to um, Thailand and Laos for a couple months. Wild. And so you've, you've told me about this trip um, kind of here and there and, and how 10 years ago, I think you had what, like lost your cell phone in the airport or something? Like I lost my cell phone in the Providence train station (laughs) on the way to New York City to fly to Thailand. So I think very far with my with my phone. <laughs> and so that's so interesting because now we live we yeah. live and travel in a mm-hmm. way that's so connected. And I did have I I wasn't totally technology free that trip. I did have um, I think it was an i like it was before iPhones. There were iPods mm-hmm. that were basically iPhones without the phone capabilities. Mm -hmm. So I did have one of those. And in Bangkok, I could use, in like the bigger cities and some guest houses, I could use um, Wi-Fi. But everything there, they had like computer, everything, the way I talked to anybody was like at a, um, what are they, like a computer. Internet cafe. Internet cafe, (laughs) yes, I couldn't think of that word. And there would just be like, you know, 20 like really old computers and everyone used Skype. So you would just like call people at home. I use like WhatsApp to like yep. to text. Um, WhatsApp still to going strong. People. Yeah, yeah, Good it is. Them. Yeah, WhatsApp is actually a very important tool to um, yeah. to other um, countries right yeah. now. Yeah. yeah, amazing. So, so this past year, you revisited Thailand and you led retreat in Thailand, and mm-hmm. so it was. You did it in kind of a cool way where it was you kind of bounced from place to place and then just it kind of explored some of the teachers and mm-hmm. some of like the the studios that are there yeah which I think is a cool way to um do it. yeah we stayed in we were in, we just went to two places into Bangkok um and Koh Yao Noi which is a beautiful really really just you know picturesque what your picture like Google Thailand Island and that's what it is and um yeah we went to a meditation um center there's a lot of um westerners that live in bangkok so they have um there's actually a a lot of english speaking uh yoga and meditation classes so we went and they have yoga out in parks a lot there like free community yoga um so we went to this really great um meditation um that was just different it was you know different because it was in a city and it was in this like um you know big bigger building and uh well, everyone, you don't go in any building in Thailand with um, shoes on, except it seems like the Western stores, like people, like 7-Elevens, people will like wear their shoes. But if you're going in any kind of temple or restaurant or anything, you always just kick your mm-hmm. shoes off at the door, which I love anyways. Um, but this was interesting because it was like, I, you like, it was a bigger, it was a big building. And then it was just like a giant pile of <laughs> shoes outside. And this is, people just like, there's no placing your shoes off to the side. It's like, you're just walking in. And then at some point you just like take, take your feet <laughs> out of your shoes and keep, <laughs> and walking. keep walking. So there's just like, shoes you have to like walk on people's shoes to like get into buildings. <laughs> 
Um, and then just like it was just weird walking in a fancy like um, businessy building without any shoes, like up a couple flights of stairs. Um, but that was. Yeah, that was cool. And then we went to Koyao Noi to an island, um, island yoga, a retreat center. And it was, um, it was really great. It was nice. We stayed in a little, little hut. Um, there's teachers um, from, so this was interesting just to see this yoga lifestyle. Teachers that are kind of nomads and they teach at this part of the world for a couple months and then they teach here for a couple months mm-hmm. and they're just like always traveling yeah. around with different um, seasons. You know, it's summer you know, usually it's always summer somewhere. And so they just kind of travel around um, and do that. But which is not anything that I could never, I could never not have a home. Yeah. I love traveling, but I love coming home. Yeah. Not from Belize. I did not want to come home from Belize last year. (laughs) I know. Yeah. So, so we did, we led retreat in Belize. And then this year, this year you have three retreats. We have a lot. Yeah. And Thailand is really awesome. But after going to Belize, it was so perfect and not 20 hours of flying away and not on the other side of the planet like there's so much you don't have to go far like there's so much Mm -hmm. like within a couple there's guarantee there's really cool places you have never seen that are within four hours of driving from where you live yeah so there's plenty of exploring to do like you don't need money you don't need like any big Thing. like yeah. just go to the woods like go to some woods you've never been to before and <laughs> see go somewhere see what you find yeah you're gonna find some cool pond or salamander or some cool birds like you'll there's always things Something. to to explore so go ahead be- <laughs> please <laughs> before we get um carried away i want i want to talk a little bit more about herbalism mm. Um, because you've been sharing some really cool courses and some of them are just, um, some of them you do these really interesting, like five, 10 minute videos just on like IGTV about, you know, something you can, you can find and harvest right from your backyard. And you've also been doing these, um, courses with Jenny Pryor locally in Massachusetts and Rhode Island, um, about so many different things. So and one of them that I really love is backyard plant medicine because I think that's we just don't even think about it or I say we but me like I don't even think about it and there's so much that exists out there that we don't even know I love plants (laughs) (laughs) um so I met so I've been casually practicing plant medicine herbalism for a while I don't know, years and years, um, just making things on my own, reading books, f- watching videos, figuring things out. Um, and then I decided to do some more of my training. So I took um, uh, like a year long course with uh, Mary Blue Pharmacy Herbs in Providence. Who's, Who you who's have a like super awesome. Mary. Yeah, she's, 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 a, she's a stellar, she's a stellar human being. And um, so Jenny and I, Uh, Jenny and I met during that class and we were just so like wide-eyed like oh my god this is just such incredible information like we have to tell everybody all of all of this like everyone needs to know this it will change the world like that was just kind of like our mind-blowing like don't even get me started on I'm not even gonna say it um so we just decided so we I don't I even don't really like to call myself an herbalist because I feel like I don't have 
so much experience. I don't have a lot of experience working with other people. I'm not by any means a clinical herbalist. I consider myself, I guess, a community herbalist, which is more teaching and sharing my own personal experiences, which is, I think, what you should teach anyways. And um, so last summer, Jenny and I were like, we just got to tell the people these things. So we had a course, we had a class and a couple people came and we were like, okay, that was like a good first time. We got all our, got all our itchies out. And then um, we last, our first class sold out class was our second one, which is really awesome. And that was a fire cider and elderberry syrup class. So what I love about um, plant medicine and, um, and what Mary was teaching was that And what yoga teaches you is that everything you need is right here. Mm. Like in this kind of like luxury, fancy, couture, like those are words you like see as something attain, you know, something to strive for, Um, like foreign or far away or magical or rare things kind of become like, you know, what you're um, drawn to or like, oh, this magical thing that only grows in this one forest in Japan must be better than whatever is growing Mm -hmm. in my backyard. And that's not necessarily true. Certainly there are magical plants that only grow in certain places for only growing certain things. But as far as your general upkeep and well-being, like everything is growing all around you. Like the dandelion is one of the most potent medicinal herbs and everyone's spraying their Monsanto Roundup on it and it's like, (laughs) it kills me, but plantain is another one that is growing everywhere that I use all the time. Red clover and mullein and mugwort and motherwort and, um, well, nettle and cleavers are more harvestable in the spring, but raspberries are starting to come up, like red raspberry leaf. There's so many plants. So Jenny and I um, host really practical workshops, like how to make a tincture, how to make a saw, but then we also really encourage um, kind of more of this plant spirit medicine, like communicating, meditating with the plants, asking for permission before you harvest, um, being mindful of of harvesting and, you know, of a lot of the plants that grow abundantly here, you do not have to worry about um, over harvesting, but there are plants that are endangered from mm-hmm. over harvesting. Um, so we just like to just let people know what's going on um, around them. So the backyard plant medicine class, we had it at Roots Farm, an organic vegetable farm in Tiverton, Rhode Island. And we went there and just walked around kind of the perimeter of the yards. And these are all the weeds that are growing in the yard. Yeah. Kelly's like, please come pick all of pick yeah. all of our yeah. weeds. And she loves that they're, that they're medicine too. Um, but you know, the purslane and the chickweed that's just growing all between the crops yeah. are like so nutritious and so good for you and so free. You don't have to pay anyone a penny to pick dandelions in your own yeah. backyard, which is of course why these kinds of healing modalities are so um, villainized and um, you know made to seem ineffective or even actually not ineffective. They're just made to seem unsafe. Mm-hmm. Um, people are very afraid to eat plants in their backyard because what if it's poisonous? But there's seriously like very few things that could actually hurt you in a serious way. Yeah. So for a, an absolute beginner like me, what's a, what's a tip, a daily thing I could do? I would go outside, okay. take a that. look around, see what plant is interesting to you, mm-hmm. like what catches your eye, what keeps drawing you back, and then do some research. And just look it up. 
look it up or that would be the intellectual approach is to learn you know its name learn its history how it got here a lot of our plants that grow here are not um, from here most of them are from Europe and Asia that have naturalized here some of them you know more um, more um, you know merging into the environment than others there's obviously lots of invasive plants that are kind of taking over that have traveled here as well but just sit with the plant like I'm I it's this is sounds weird at first but I know you both have you know meditation practices just sit see what comes up talk to the plant out loud or in your mind you know in your mind see if you're getting any like temperature sensations any like I get like pulls like I feel like the plants like reaching for me um or who knows, like everyone experiences any kind of communication differently. It might be a color, it might be a sensation, it might be an old memory, it might be a person you know, like see what, see what pops up into your mind when you're, when you're sitting with the plant. Cool. So this is perfect segue <laughs> for my question. Okay. I have heard this, this experience or this story. Um, at one point recently you were doing maybe like an online course, a short online course connecting with plants or connecting with food and connecting with the spirit of it and so you told me your experience with an onion oh yeah (laughs) um so I am learning my thing that I'm learning now that I can't wait to you know, teach in the future is about animism, which is, um, I'm taking an online course with Daniel Four, who's a really incredible teacher, if you're interested in learning. He does a lot of ancestor work um, and he teaches a lot about animism. So animism is just, you might, it's similar to shamanism, but the reason why he doesn't use the word shaman is because shaman is a very specific word that's indigenous to Siberia. So people that are from Siberia are shamans. Um, it has been, that word has been used for lots of different ways and people can obviously use it however they feel comfortable using it, but I do encourage people who do use that word to think about the usage of that word. Mm-hmm. Anyway, animism is a lot, it's kind of like a culmination of a lot of different indigenous um, ideas and it's mostly about that all things are people like plants are people crystals are people animals are people mountains are people oceans are people Mm -hmm. grass are people and that we should treat them as such um there's um i hear a lot in herbalism like um what is what is this plant good for and i'm like you wouldn't go up to a person and be like hey what are you good for that's just rude and condescending and like you wouldn't ever you wouldn't ever um decide what someone's value is or worth is depending on what they're good for like that's a very um uh, what's the word i'm looking for that's a very productivity based mindset that like your worth is linked to your productivity which is another very capitalist mindset and so it's more about forming relations like mm-hmm. being in relationship with things, like being in relationship with plants, being in relationship with animals, being in relationship with oceans. And when you are when you are in right relationship with all of these living beings that are all around you, you want to take care of them. You want to nourish them because they're people just like you are. You're going to be thinking about um, the plastic that you're buying that's never going away. Um, you're thinking I've about been about that for, for a couple of weeks. <laughs> you're thinking about um, 
you know, their feelings and all the spirits that are, you know, with within them. Um, I actually did take a Mongolian, um, you know, Siberian shamanism course um, at a herbal conference. And this, uh, the teacher had this, the woman, uh, the shaman who was teaching had this beautiful um, idea about, I won't get to too, too I won't get into it too detailed, but one of the, when you die, um, their culture believes that a part of your soul, there's multiple parts of your soul, but one of the parts of your soul stays on the land and becomes a mountain of the forest or a mountain of the stream or uh, not a spirit of the mountain, spirit of the stream, spirit of the forest. Um, so there are these spirits that are, that are all around us and it's, it's just, you know, considerate and kind and compassionate to be mindful of yeah. of these things so during the course um and the other thing that we have to realize is that as human beings we have to kill to eat like yeah. we can't photosynthesize or maybe people can i'm not saying that's not possible i'm 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 sure that i truly believe that anything is possible but generally speaking we don't you know we need more than the sun for yeah. energy yeah. so um one of the exercises was to commune meditate with a plant that you enjoy or an animal something that you enjoy eating something that you might have in your belly right now something that you're planning on eating again soon in the future and alliums onions popped into my mind right away i really 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 love onions and i he just led us through some questions and i had this great um kind of conversation with the spirit of onion plants <laughs> and um basically saying like one of the questions was to ask the onion how it felt about being um domesticized like domesticated yeah. how does the onion feel about being domesticated and the image i got from that was that um which is totally because we think like it, we almost go to like feeling bad like oh i'm eating these pe like if plants are people and animals are people and like eating like it's like a, oh it's an i'm sorry and he was like and daniel teaches it's not i'm sorry it's thank you yeah like change your sorries to thank yous mm. in a lots of different ways in other than this too and um so I just saw all these onions like in a field, on a sunny field, all next to each other. Like they were all psyched to be like planted in a row and they're just like basking in the sun. I was like, oh, so I guess onions are like that. They're pretty happy that they, you know, are grown in such abundance and that people um, enjoy them. And then the next thing was to ask the onion what it felt like to be eaten. And I got this. I was so surprised because when I do have um, meditations, visualizations, it's usually images it's usually like um very visual because that's how i learn is through visual things but i got this sensation of like this warm kind of like squeeze and it just felt very like cozy and safe and i was like oh i guess like there wasn't fear i was like my mind is the onion being like no help me help me like you would see in like a cartoon or something but that wasn't the experience that i experienced and then it was asked the onion like what you can do for it and it was like plant some so I planted a bunch of onions in my garden nice. and they're living there now so that's what the onion asked me to do <laughs> I just love so that and so just much. reading from that my experience and from reading other students in the group that was that it seemed like that was a very similar sentiment was that um and this is also part of like everyone doing their what they feel called to do like the onions and a lot it seems like other people had this experience that a lot of plants like they are happy to be part of the cir the yeah, circle of life, and if if they don't 
if you don't harvest them yeah they would just they would just die they would just die expire (laughs) right and they would you know decompose and come back into the earth that way but yeah and that's like it's almost like the they're just like doing their part to offer um medicine and onions are so they're so rich in um so many vitamins and minerals and they're very um like um anti-cancer too like onions are really Mm. good for you even though it's kind of a common um vegetable another thing like the sweet potatoes you're eating the onions you're eating like all those things that you're eating all the time um they're all you know they're all medicine they're all they're all good for you some are just more used than others yeah I also love I've I've heard a conversation um or I've been a part of a conversation with you talking about how the earth is like just so intelligent because this time of year or you know maybe spring into summer what's coming up from the ground are all plants that are extremely helpful for like allergies and um well or like congestion or things like that so it's like thanks earth (laughs) it's thanks earth but it's also like that's how we've evolved like human beings evolve with the plants that are growing all around us Mm. so like that's our bodies are are um have evolved to rely on certain plants and animals at certain times when they're like in flow with the seasons of nature um you think of like that's why a lot of um you know before agriculture and like settling down into like culture into civilizations and towns and things everyone was uh, most people were nomadic because they were flowing with the seasons flowing with the plants flowing with the animals um with you know with the world developing evolving along with the seasons and the circumstances of the planet um that they were they were living in so it's also, it, so, it, so it totally is thanks Earth, but it's also that we've absolutely evolved with all the plants. Hmm. Um, yeah, cool. yeah, it's, it is, it's incredible. Um, yeah, a lot of the plants, that, the early spring plants that come up in New England, um, the cleavers, the dandelion, um, the chickweed, it's all cleansing. Like, because in the season, in the winter, it's the more, um, it's colder we get more like kind of restricted we get a little tight we get a little more like inside and then it's a little slower moving and then when spring comes it's like okay spring cleaning like get getting rid of all that stagnation that's in your adrenals that are in your liver and the plants that come up at that time of the year are the plants that help um to clear all that stuff out so that was the class that did we teach everything seasonally because that just makes sense so we had that backyard plant medicine class that you mentioned we foraged um Cleavers, chickweed, dandelion, nettle, um, violet, plantain, um, a couple other things that were growing, and infuse them in apple cider vinegar. Mm. And then you let that vinegar sit for like four weeks, strain out the plant material, and then you've got a spring tonic that you could mix in with a smoothie or just water or just take a shot of. And that doing that every day um, is going to get your body all mm. cleansed and cleared out and ready for... Cool. We need to the season. We need to we cleanse. Need tonics. Yeah. <laughs> and the same thing with fire cider. Um, we'll be offering yeah. that class again. Fire cider is um, a traditional apple cider um, tincture, essentially, that's garlic, it's horseradish, onion, ginger, cayenne. You could put turmeric. 
put a little bit of rose hips. You could put, you know, whatever you want. And that's the same thing. And that one is more for um, immunity mm. over, over the winter. Cool. So that's why, you know, I love, I do little videos, like you said, on IGTV being yeah. like, yeah. what's growing in my yard right now? Because I do, like I told you, I said to you before, for it's like, that's the first step is just learn about what's growing around you. Um, so that is, um, so I'll always show people like, oh, this is my mugwort. Like, I look how beautiful it is. This is how you can tell it's mugwort. This is how it's different from motherwort because those can be um, easily confused in identification. But I'll continue to do that. Yeah. And yeah. Um, before we jump into our final three questions, you okay. also have um, a online course coming up. So I just want you to, what is, is it, what is so it So my online course, this is my first course. Um, so I think the internet is really wonderful for, and just like everything else, it just is balance. You know, it's a really wonderful tool for connecting people, um, for, you know, we have a great community of yogi yogic minded plant minded art minded people where we live but a lot of people don't have that mm -hmm. so the internet is a really great way for people to find their community um that aren't you know in person with them so um i'm launching my first online course um at the beginning of august called elements of abundance and i wrote i can't remember exactly what i wrote but i'm going to read this um Elements of Abundance is a five-week online course that will deepen your connection to all parts of the living world around you through embodied movement, creative play, celestial journeys, and whole plant medicine practices. Our sisterhood circle will catapult you further along your life's path toward the one that you dream of living. Mm. So it's a little bit of everything. It's um, yoga, meditation, um, plant medicine, and each week there's going to be a, a fun connection practice that's going to encourage people to connect um, with the earth to connect with other members of their community to connect to the ocean so each week is an element themed and I'm really excited about this that's it's awesome. gonna be a really fun way um, I did a lot of research and talked to a lot of people as to like what they felt was missing or what they wanted to change about their life and honestly um, everyone said they're like please we want to know more about the plants and I was like yes <laughs> and the other thing was community yeah. of just like I feel like I'm all alone my family doesn't get me my coworkers don't get me yeah. I feel like I'm just never gonna get anywhere because I'm doing this by myself and I just want to say that you don't have to do it by yourself. There are so many um, in-person and online communities of um, people um, to support you. I found I know that there's a, a lot of like um, women find a lot of support. There's a lot of like mom support yeah. um, online. You just kind of got to find find your people. So part of this course is a um, online community that's only for people in the course, um, and you'll be linked partnered with somebody in the course to kind of be your accountability partner or just the someone to share your your joys and your challenges with along the way awesome. maybe like meeting like a really great friend that's you know that you wouldn't have met uh any other way because we certainly um we just have this mindset of like we have to do it alone and that's just that's just not the case yeah we need to do it together yeah we need to do everything together and learn together so um considering people who are listening like who who is this course great for this course is great for 
This course is great for people who are either just starting along the spiritual path or who are a couple steps in and are kind of looking for um, to deepen to inc- to deepen their practice and to also learn um, more practices. One of the things that you'll come away with in this course is by the end you'll have developed like a morning you'll developed a daily meditation practice and you'll have developed a morning and an evening ritual that's yep. just for you. Everyone's is going to be completely different that you can you know incorporate into your life and start doing every day to give yourself um, that intention setting and that focus and gratitude that I think are really important for for making those shifts. It's like everyone's, you know, we're all shifting, we're all trying to do things healthier or do things that feel better or do things that deepen connections to community, to the earth, to, you know, whatever that is for you. And it's just, it's a lot more fun and it's a lot more effective to work, um, to work together. Awesome. Sweet, and it's in August. Yes, um, the, Let's see. The cart will be open August 5th through the 9th. So that's when you can sign up. But you can follow me on Instagram right now, um, at Nicole LeBrew. And I'll be posting lots about that. I post weekly um, herbalism videos or meditation videos online. And um, yeah, this time of year, I'm doing lots of of backyard (laughs) plant (laughs) identification. We'll see what happens when the when the winter comes. Although there are still you know lots of outside outside beauty in yeah. in the winter too. But awesome. I think about so that we now. we always wrap it up with our our three seeds or our final three questions. Okay. So our first question: um, what what book or what is your favorite book to give as a gift? That's a tough one. Mm. Um, Honestly, right now, I would give people You Are a Badass. So Mm. good. By Jen Sincero. Yeah. Um, That book, I read that, I've like whipped through that book last summer. And that book is a lot of um, mindset, like rewiring, thinking about your thoughts and why you're thinking those thoughts and if you want to change those thoughts and what you want to change those thoughts to and then going about doing it. It's really, it's anecdotal. It's very step-by-step, like read this chapter, write this journal entry, do this you know, simple observation or whatever. Um, and actually, weirdly enough, my phone just buzzed because I couldn't get it to buzz at 11.11, so I got it to buzz at 11.10. And it says you're going to let that stop you because that was something that I initially started last summer because I was realizing because one of the her exercises was like find out when you quit like what makes you quit and my reason why I quit was like the dumbest thing it was like because I don't feel like doing it anymore or like I don't feel like I don't feel like doing it so I just like won't do it and that's just so silly so I set that alarm on my phone because then when the alarm goes off I think what am I not doing right now and like what <laughs> am am I gonna let that stop me and I should actually can get rid of it now because I don't let those things stop That's me awesome. anymore so Sorry. that was like a really easy great behavior um, mm-hmm. modification in a way that I use technology to um to assist in that and that was something from her book so that's funny that that all happened at the so same good. time <laughs> 
if you had a billboard that the whole world could read translated to all languages what would you put on it it's not very big so you have a couple words billboards are big well i mean <laughs> you could but like if you put a whole paragraph if i want to really say tough. like anything you could yeah. uh, billboards can fit at least like a sentence give you a sentence gosh guys these are really <laughs> hard a picture there too if you want yeah these are really hard questions it could just be a picture of your son <laughs> <laughs> i think i would just say love yourself mm. like that's where just give yourself some love take care of yourself yeah love it our last question what advice would you give your 15 year old self What advice would I give? I'm sure you can if I, you can like edit this long pause here. <laughs> no, it's a good dramatic <laughs> pause. Oh, yeah. Um, I would just say it does not matter what other people think. Teenage girls spend so much time worrying about and thinking about what other people think about them, and it's just such an enormous waste of time. So just do what you want to do. Like it do not. It does not matter at all. One of the, so I heard this somewhere along the way that I just love. It's like other people's opinions of you are none of your business. <laughs> so it's got good. nothing to do. It's got nothing to do with you. Yeah. Maybe that's it. Other people's opinions have nothing to do with you. That's good. That's your I billboard. Or is that your advice? That's your advice. Both. Of them. That's yeah. Both. <laughs> no, that's my. That's not. That's not my worldwide billboard. That's my teenage girl billboard. <laughs> love it. I just. I've been on a huge Winston Churchill kick. <laughs> oh, sorry. God. But I just read a quote by him that said, at 20, you're worried about what people will think about you. And at 40, you stop worrying about what people think of you. And at 60, you realize nobody's thinking of you. <laughs> yeah. it, cra- it cracked me up. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. That's definitely, I can see that too. Yeah. yeah. Um, thank you so much for being on this. So follow Instagram. What is it Yeah. Again? So where can people just... My website, website, your plugs. Um, Instagram, plug it, plug it. Yeah, awesome. My website is um, nicolelebrewyoga.com, and you can go there and right up on my homepage, you'll see a big link for Elements of Abundance, which is my online course. um, You'll see the workshops and retreats as well. Yep, yep. You can sign up for that until August 9th. Course begins August 11th. Um, On Instagram, it's at. Nicole LeBru and and LeBru is L-E-B-R-E-U-X correct cool we'll spell it yeah. we'll spell it <laughs> if, you're, if you're listening to this episode look at the title but yeah you can go you can find um, uh, videos uh, IGTV videos right now on all different subject matters or if you just want to see what my face looks like after hearing <laughs> my voice all this time <laughs> And because I always do that, I'm always like, "What is that? What do they look <laughs> yeah. like?" I know, I know. Not that it matters, but I, my, I'm just curious, I guess. And um, yeah, and then my next course um, will be Journey with Your Chakras awesome. in the fall that I'm also really excited about. That will be at Be Light probably next winter Ooh. again. Or actually, I don't know because we're gonna be away a lot of that time. Oh my gosh, we're <laughs> gonna be traveling. Yeah, yeah, and you can and <laughs> you can come along with us to. Guatemala in January, Belize in the week in the February March transition, and Spain in mm-hmm. April. Insane! Get Come warm. hang out with us. The food is so, much so good. You don't have to wash an entire dish for a full week. It's enough. I think for a lot of moms, that's a huge incentive right there. Mm-hmm. And um, do yoga or not? 
lounge yeah. out, go on cool adventures, yep. hang out with, and just make new friends, be in a totally supportive, safe, free. I never feel more free than when I'm on yoga retreats. I know. Because you can, you can just be you can just however be you want to be. Yourself. You could drink a green smoothie or you could drink a margarita. You yeah. know, it's just, <laughs> yeah. you can make it whatever you want it to be. Mm-hmm. Thank you. You're welcome. Thank you. Yeah, this is fun. Great. Yay. Yay. thank you so much for listening and we would love for you to help support this podcast so if you could leave us a review or share it with a friend we would so 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 appreciate it also if you're interested in traveling with nicole and i this year on retreat you can join us in january in guatemala you can join us in march in belize or april in spain all in 2020. So if you're interested, you can head to belightyogacenter.com slash retreat to see all the information about the retreats we have coming up. And you can also just reach out to me directly at um, Kimberly at belightyogacenter.com. So hope to hear from you and have an excellent day.